Now, when it comes to comparing the 2010 A Nightmare on Elm Street versus the 1984 original, it's clear that the 1984 movie is a better movie. But today, we'll discuss five things that the 2010 movie did better than its predecessor. Coming up on Said Talks Horror. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. That's pretty much the most ominous words our victims hear right before being killed in their dreams by a finger knife wielding wraith with an appetite for blood and sex. Now, in 1984, New Line Cinema took a generation by storm with the introduction of this slasher villain. Now, gone were the days of stoic and silent killers and even barbaric clans. A Nightmare on Elm Street gave us Frederick Charles Kruger, a spirit who attacked us in our sleep. He not only enjoyed the torture, he reveled in it with perverse jokes and timely puns. Now, over the years, he would develop a cult following and forever be a part of the pop culture itself. But in 2010, well after his heyday, there would be a retelling of this movie and immediately it would be panned by critics and fans alike. But using hindsight, was it really that bad of a movie? Were we really being fair in our assessment? Now, even looking back on it now, the 1984 movie remains the superior version. But here are five things that the 2010 movie did better than the original. Coming in at number one, The Tick. In 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, now played by Jackie Earl Haley, used the artistic license to differentiate himself from Robert England, who was the original actor of the character. One of the ways he did that was this little tick that Haley did with his gloves blades. Now, as he stalked his victim, he would move his blades back and forth quickly, creating a scissoring sound. And that little thing made a world of difference because it looked like a person that was truly stalking you. And this was something that Robert didn't do. Now, while he did do the clinking sounds of the gloves, this was mostly done when a person was in his sight and he was ready to attack. Haley's scissoring action presented a uniqueness about his betrayal that added a layer of angst for the viewer on behalf of the character. It was almost as if we were telling them to run or look behind you. And that little tick was a neat little touch done by Haley. And I think it helped separate his version from England's. But that's just me. What about you? Coming in at number two, Freddy was innocent, yet they changed it. Now, one of the best concepts used in the 2010s A Nightmare on Elm Street remake was that they taught with the idea that Freddy was innocent. But the sad part is they wrote themselves in a corner and changed him to be actually guilty in the very same movie. Now, have they stuck with that concept of Freddy being framed and was truly innocent? I think we're having a different conversation on which movie was probably better. Because if Freddy was innocent, then this movie falls into place. Jackie Haley is an angrier version of Freddy and a truly innocent ghost who was framed in his lifetime for some pretty egregious acts would behave in this manner. But this was Platinum Doom's winning ticket and they blew it. I mean, this would have given them the creative freedom to make Freddy into something different. It didn't necessarily have to be better. It would have given them the blank slate to retell the story without trying to fit all those callbacks and other things from the 84 version. Now, I would have loved to see how a script of an innocent but malevolent Freddy tortured the children of Elm Street went. But that's just me. What about you? Okay, let's be honest. 
you probably think Rooney Mara did a pretty terrible job as Nancy in 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Am I right? Well, yeah, I mean, she was nothing like Heather Langenkamp. She was moody, brooding, and not really a final girl material. And there was nothing she did that made you think, hey, <laughs> I like this version of Nancy. But instead, you were more like wishing for her to die on screen and hoping that she would never be the final girl. Am I right? But, you know, I get it. I completely understand this. But did you know that she wasn't Nancy Thompson? I mean, she wasn't even a version of Nancy Thompson. Rooney Mara's character was Nancy Holbrook. And she wasn't just a different version using the last name. She was a completely different character. She was an amalgamation or a mixture of Nancy Thompson, Laurie Campbell from the Freddy vs. Jason movie, and Alex Corrin from a little-known Elm Street novel called Suffer the Children. Now, you might be asking, well, who is Alex Corrin? Alex Corrin is like a 22-year-old survivor from the from the novel, and she was blamed for the murders of eight people, murders which Freddie was responsible for. But she was declared clinically insane and was committed to a life of maximum security of psychiatric care. But she was pregnant with Kruger's child, which means at some point he had raped her. And Alex was effectively catatonic. But she gained her senses, and the baby was delivered by C-section, and she underwent psychotherapy. But this treatment of her made her believe that she was totally crazy and she had made the whole thing up. So Freddie, the baby, and the deaths of her friends, she thought it was all in her mind and Freddie basically made her lose her mind. Now, but it was this novel that established Freddie to be a full-on pedophile and rapist. This would explain why the character we saw in the movie in 2010 was so much different than Heather Langenkamp's portrayal. Now, I'm not saying you have to like the 2010 movie, but if you've been a little hard on Mara for her role in that movie, at least know that she wasn't playing Nancy Thompson. She was playing someone much different. But that's just me. What about you? Coming in at number three, The Burns. Now, for 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street, while Robert England's version of Freddy looks more aesthetically pleasing, Jackie Haley's version looked more accurate. He looks like a guy who had been burned and scarred. I mean, it's something that they truly got right in this movie, and the accuracy is clearly superior than the 84 design. Now, I'm honestly not sure how they did the voice with Haley, but the way he moves his mouth and the restriction of skin that's left on his face, he sounds like a guy who suffered from atrophy of the skin. And I think they got that right because a person with a loss of skin and muscle wouldn't have a full range of motion in their face. And I think the design of a burn victim is one that this movie improved over the 84 version by miles. But as always, i like to know what you think. And yes, reason number four, Freddie being a friend of the children. <laughs> yeah, I think 2010's inclusion of a pre-demon Freddie being friends with the children was another nice touch. Now, at the end of the day, we have to have Freddie close to these children. Now, how did he have this type of access to murder them? Well, it was due to him being the groundskeeper and a friend of the children. Now, that makes sense. We've all had that janitor or that cafeteria worker or someone who's popular with the children. And this concept gives Freddie free access to the children while having cover for him being a model citizen to the outside world. I mean, this works better than the 84 version that saw Freddie as just a pillar of the community. I mean, this would give him access and cover to not be suspected of any wrongdoing. This places Freddie front and center of the lives of the children and their parents. It gives him cover 
and the last person you'd expect to be to molesting and killing these children. Now, I like this inclusion of making Freddie more prominent in the lives of the community, and it's a better concept than what we was told with Robert's version of the character. But like always, I want to know what you think. So please let us know in the comments. Now, when it comes to 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street, no one had a worse death than Dean. <laughs> I mean, this guy went through absolute emotional and physical trauma before being killed by Freddy himself. I mean, before we get to his kill, let's remember that in this Nightmare on Elm Street film, Freddy used to be the groundskeeper and friends of the children who attended Batam Preschool. And while being their friends, he would sexually assault, rape, and even murder those kids. But because he had this nice guy image, he went a long time without being suspected. And when the parents found out, they brought out the vigilante justice and burned Freddy to death, thus killing him. Now, what this movie doesn't always explicitly say is that Dean Russell was probably raped by Freddy. But when we first see Dean, he's trying to stay awake and not die by the hands of this bladed glove man in his dreams. Now, he's on all sorts of drugs to keep himself awake. And at some point, he's aware that someone was trying to kill him in his dreams. But eventually, the human body must go to sleep. Now, I don't know if you know this, but when the body is never allowed to sleep and recharge, things can go horribly wrong. I mean, Dean's memory is shot. His short-term memory is a mess at this point. He's tired. He's physically ill. Insomnia actually drops your immune system functionality to about 50%. So he can't concentrate on basic tasks like doing homework or driving. I mean, your boy Dean is suffering at this point. And not to mention that Dean's chest is about to explode as he's likely threatening a heart attack at this point as well. Now, he knows he needs to sleep, but he just can't because he knows that if he does, he dies. And what do you know? He's hanging out with his friends, and before you know it, he's asleep in Freddy's dream world. Now, Freddy quickly grabs him and places a knife to his throat. But in the real world, everyone around Dean is seeing him holding a knife to his own throat as he keeps uttering the words, you're not real, you're not real, to which Freddy replies, I am now. And Freddy waits until Dean's girlfriend tries to talk him down, and he makes Dean slit his throat in the most gnarly way possible <laughs> i mean this is one sick kill i mean we not only see dean slowly slit his throat but there's a sound that just sticks with you as you can hear the blade tear through the neck and all of the insides of the neck i mean sounds like someone is actually splitting a watermelon open i mean this was brutal <laughs> i mean i believe this movie would have gone over better if it kept that same energy as that first kill but to be fair this is when i knew this movie had a different feel to it than what we were used to. I knew we were watching something different. But as always, I want to know what you thought when you first saw Dean slit his throat. Let us know in the comments. And coming in at number five, the transition from human to burn Freddy. In 2010, A Nightmare on Elm Street, due to the nature of something called micro naps. Now, during this period, this can be seen as dozing off, which is like a 15 second period or shorter where you sort of nod off and go to sleep. Sometimes these naps occur when we lose focus to the things around us and we go into a quick state of nap time. Well, during these periods, Freddy is seen in a few scenes as his demon self and quickly glitches to his human self. And he continues to alternate as he continues to speak and attack to his victims. 
And this sort of shifting reality is a touch that was never present in the original runs of the solo movie. But this concept did rear its head in Freddy vs. Jason. But the glitching from human to demon Freddy really brought us something unique to the franchise and easily improved over the 84 version. But the major problem with that concept is they deleted those scenes. <laughs> I mean, once again, 2019's Nightmare on Elm Street couldn't seem to get out of his own way. They kept shooting themselves in the foot. But I would like to know what you thought about this. And coming in at number six, and yes, there's a bonus, the killing of Nancy's mother. In 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street, we saw the final scene where Nancy's mom was pulled through the door window by Freddy and I'm assuming to the dream world. And while I still appreciate that bonus, it pales in comparison with 2010's Nightmare when we see Freddy snatch Nancy's mom into the dream world through a mirror behind them both. And he uses his blades to rip her face open and shatter the mirror and also pull her in only for the mirror to heal itself. And that is by far one of the best improvements that the Nightmare on Elm Street remake had over the original. But I'd like to know what you think. Did you like that touch? Let us know in the comments.